exclusively on Paramount Plus. Get ready Vamanos. to explore like never before. Swiper no swiping. Oh man! Swing into action. We need your help. With a girl who put adventure <laughs> on the map. I don't think I can do it, Dora. I'll protect you, Boots. Together, we've got this. Todos juntos! Yeah! Dora, the brand new series. Stream with your family now, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. <laughs> Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! Now head for the lid. Cold? Warmer? 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 You're hot! You're on fire! Oh, it burns! Hey everybody, welcome back to Spongebob Binge Pants. On today's episode, part two of our interview with Derek Dryman. If you guys didn't listen to part one yet, go back and check that out right now. But, in case you missed it, Derek is one of the creative forces behind the entirety of Spongebob itself. He was there in the beginning, he was in the development of the series, and went on to become a supervising director and producer on the show, worked on the first three seasons, worked on the first movie, went on to have an amazing career in animation, worked on Adventure Time, came back to do Spongebob comics for a little bit, and just recently directed his first feature-length animated film, Hotel Transylvania Transformania. Frankie, this interview is so good, we have to split it up into two parts. Are you excited for part two? I'm really excited about part two because we get even more details about the beginning of Spongebob. You know, and that's obviously, we all know, we love the sponge here. So we're very, very excited to get as much information as we can. So let's wring the information out of Derek Dryman like he's a sponge and drink up all of it. Because there's much more coming your way. Here we go. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Be something you wish. Derek, you had a hand in in crafting that theme song, man. The SpongeBob theme song. It's one of the all-time greats. What was it like for you seeing that come together? It was a day at work where we uh, <laughs> we needed to we needed to so funny. get that thing done. And Steve, right. you know, Steve had the idea of it being kind of a play on uh, blow the man down which it, it's funny mm-hmm. i could i it took me years to hear this like it sounded like a completely different song to me until i don't know why just my ear never heard blow the man down but um <laughs> so yeah we were, i mean we're just in steve's office and uh and just throwing lines out it's it's perfect again derek i feel like the theme of this interview is like yeah this is perfect for what this show is it's something that took on definitely a life of its own but at its core it's about the people. You guys were funny. You guys were making yeah. great stuff. And another day at work, and then you get, are you ready, kids? And and <laughs> when when you grow up with the show, it's mind-blowing to know that um, that you guys were working on it and weren't aware that, like, it's going to be this impactful, or it's going right. to be this much of an earworm, or it's, you know, yeah, you, like, you guys know didn't that. have I mean, you those. Don't, yeah, I, you don't know no, that. And everybody, no one knows that. And, and, and it's usually... The people that say that, oh, this is going to be great. The thing they're working on, it stinks. Steve, you know, his personality, he was like big punk music fan. You look at his paintings, you look at his, uh, the stuff he was doing in school. Like it was, he really wasn't a guy that was expecting to be in the mainstream. You know what I mean? You look at his student films, yes. like 
I don't think he thought yes. for a second that no, any, you know, he knew what he was doing. His idea was, I just want to make a funny cartoon. And so we would make those shows. And, and we had a couple of really funny, funny writers and storyboard artists. So we would work on those things and it would just be about making each other laugh. You know, like that's really the, the, the goal was, did the room laugh? You know, did, did we, did, did I make you laugh? Did you make me laugh? That's really was the benchmark. So nobody was thinking like, oh, we'll write this joke. And then 30 years from now, people are going to be liking it or 20, you know what I mean? No way. Yeah. yeah. No way. I totally understand that. And I, I can't imagine you just being there being like, oh, this will make people laugh for 20 years. Anybody could do that. Like if, if we yeah. could do that, you would do it every time, right? If, yeah. if one of you guys in the room just kind of Babe Ruthed it, and as soon as somebody <laughs> threw, threw out a line for the theme song, you were like, "That's immortal. That's gonna live for That's, you." Yeah, exactly. Nailed it. We're we're crushing it right Print here. Print it we're out, laminated. No, let's the, sign like the, it and know, hang Steve, it on the wall. <laughs> Steve's idea for that, you know, opening it up with, hey, "Are you ready, kids? I can't hear you." But like that's an old. I can't hear you is like an old thing, and he got that. He was a teacher or a guide or something at Dana Point Aquarium. They had this this boat trip that they would bring the kids out on. They would get on this old old boat and they would sail out into the harbor and spend the night. The guys who were working it, they would all dress up like pirates and stuff and they would just like yell at the kids, make them eat <laughs> onions and stuff. So he got a lot out of that. Um, but one thing is, yeah. I can't hear you. Like he, that whole thing, that was a way to get kids all jazzed up was like, I can't hear you. Then they know it's okay to scream. He didn't invent that. It was something that was kind of out there, but it was a way of turbocharging the opening so hopefully kids got you know riled up to get ready to watch the show and then the, the lyrics yeah. were just kind of just silly lyrics where we were just throwing out words and you know nautical and and fish and like mm-hmm. just i don't know just dumb porous right yeah. all that silly stuff absorbent but, and yellow and porous like they're just great words that i never would ever think would yeah. ever be in a and that's, that's the case too like somebody would say you know use the word absorbent but it wasn't quite right and so we were just just I probably was writing down the words that we liked and then talking mm-hmm. and back and forth. Then, uh, that, how about this one and that one and this one and that one. And by the time Steve and I had been working together for a long, long time, so we were really, I was really comfortable being in the room with them and, and, and telling them my opinion. And it's the sad part, I, I'm not a musician at all. And we've, the, the song is one of words. Yeah, I remember we, yeah. we got invited to some ASCAP award yeah. and we got to meet Paul Williams, who was like a really well known composer. And it was oh me, gosh. Steve, and our wives, and uh, and then and then the guys on the show who were music, you know, Nick Carr and Mark Harrison, yeah. the guys who are the musicians of the show. They we were all there, Great. and uh, those poor guys have to share these awards with me and Steve. Steve played <laughs> guitar, and then after that award ceremony, I felt really guilty, so I took guitar lessons for a couple of years, so I could say I could at least play an instrument. Did you have a hand in the other amazing musical songs and numbers? Like we just talked about the fun, the fun song. Yeah. The fun song was Sherm, and that was a funny story. Like that, that episode it was him and Aaron, and that episode was kind of struggling uh, when we were working on it. And um, you know, those guys are really good, and you know, Aaron is Springer's like between him and Paul Tibbett, like those two guys were like really the superstars on SpongeBob. Kind of made a huge yeah. difference of what the show would have been you know when you're in the midst of it it's it's always a struggle so that one was like "Eh, i don't know if this is gonna work and uh my memory is that sherm just came in the next day with this ukulele song and he just had this idea for this (laughs) the part of the scene and it was like home run f is for friends who do stuff together u is for you and me and is for anywhere and anytime at all down here in the deep blue sea I got to tell you a story, though, about that one. Uh, 
So years later, I'm on a plane. I'm coming back from Ohio. I was drawing in my sketchbook, right? I was drawing like Wolverine in my sketchbook. And mm. this good looking hot guy sits next to me, right? Tall, blonde, sits down and he starts pulling out these comic books and he's got like all these Vertigo comic books. And I'm just drawing Wolverine and he looks over and he starts, to, oh, what do you do? You draw, blah, blah, blah. We're talking a little bit. He's like, what do you do? Oh, I work in animation. Oh, really? What do you, you know, I said, SpongeBob. He like freaks out, right? He starts shaking and he's, he was, <laughs> I'm such a fan. He pulls out his phone and he shows me and it's a video of, of Pete Davidson and him on stage and they're singing the FUN song. Turns out it's uh, Machine Gun Kelly uh, is sitting next to me. He's a huge <laughs> fan. And they were singing it the night before at, in concert. And uh, anyway, so I got to meet wow. him. He was coming back to LA from that concert from Ohio. So, uh, and this is years later. So it was really. That is so funny. <laughs> yeah, it was, a really, uh, it was really a nice moment. Sponge Meets World. Who are you? I'm David Hasselhoff. For the very first time. Hooray! The SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Run! <laughs> now you're in the middle of the show and you've done season one, season two, season three. It's this big, massive success. And then you hear like the network wants to do the SpongeBob movie. And then apparently, is it true that Steve like was not like had turned them down several times? And what was that? process like what did you think when you heard oh what do you mean we got to make a movie well uh, a couple things (laughs) it was successful by nickelodeon standards you know what i mean we were making more episodes but it hadn't broken through yet and steve told me like while we were developing the bible he said i want to do 65 and then we're done like he he was a big fan of bill waterson he was a big fan of gary larson like those guys got out in their prime Mm. with from their cartoons so he was like you know, and, you know, Mark and him shared that thing of like, you go in, you give it, and you get out. And so, don't hang around. Mm. Like, I think at the time, Charles yeah. Schultz was still alive doing Peanuts. And I think, you know, the feeling was it's like, you, you should just hang it up. I think it's coming out of that kind of punk punk rock mm-hmm. state phase. You know, it's <laughs> like, eh, if you're, you know, old is no good. So, and I think when he was in the middle of doing the episodes, and, you know, for us, it wasn't first, second, and third season. It was, we did 12 oh. episodes 12 half hours, and then we took a, a break. So that's coming off of Rocco. Like the seasons mm. were, were 12 half hours. So by the time mm. we got to what everybody refers to as the third season, that was actually, I think, fifth season for us in our minds. And oh, so we were mm-hmm. we were pretty tired. But, you know, we had done all these shorts. You know, it was really cooking. And I think by the time we got towards the end of it, that's when Steve finally had the brain power to say, oh, okay, characters have developed enough. I can see mm. them in a movie. You know, like it was that kind of thing. So ah, he always had cool, his cool. mind was always like, we're not. Do- I'm not doing a movie. I don't. I'm not interested in that. And then when the opportunity came up, I think he he had an idea, and he and so he always used to say, there, "I'm calling it. It's called the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, as in the only one. Like he wasn't planning to do multiple. <laughs> um, so uh, the su- that summer when we finished i remember i was in new jersey with my family we were on vacation and we were at the, sh- the shore we I, we go out on the the boardwalk the boardwalk was just filled with games and so i remember going into the area with all the games and it was all spider-man dolls and it was all spongebob dolls and that's where it hit me it's like oh yeah now it, it broke through like it's now your grandma's gonna know who 
who this is. So yes, it was exactly. that summer. The show was over, and the and the movie hadn't started. Was when it really broke through to the to oh. the rest of the world. Wow! Uh, and it was kind of the perfect timing. I think this the network, and and then we were dealing with Paramount. Their their attitude was like, we don't know why it's so successful, but you're obviously doing something right. So we're gonna just. We're not going to tell you what to do. Just do whatever you want. It was me. It was me and Steve and Tim Hill. It was like this, like long hallway, very narrow. These old like Paramount buildings built in the 30s or 40s, or whatever. So we're going down this hallway, the three of us, and it's like pictures of all these famous Paramount, you know, people yep. on the walls. And the door opens into our office, and it was this like beautiful, like I don't know, Spanish hacienda. It was this like amazing office. My memory is it's a bedroom, but it, I'm sure it wasn't. But it was like. <laughs> different levels, big, beautiful desk. And they, she sits us on this, this uh, couch. It was me and Steve and Tim. And it, Steve is probably in the middle. And it's like, we're just crammed on this little couch. And she's talking to us and saying exactly that. Like, I don't know what you're doing, but just keep doing it. And when, in that meeting, then Lauren Michaels walked in with Jimmy Fallon. I think Jimmy Fallon was what? just kind of breaking out. And so <laughs> he just kind of walked in and said hello. And we was like, it was just crazy. And so we left that meeting. And Tim's like, you guys have no idea how lucky we are at this moment because we're making movies with our friends. We're doing whatever we want. Steve's the producer and the director. So he's really calling the create all the creative shots. Yeah. They're really giving him all the rope he wants. Like he said, this, he goes, this never happens. Don't get used to it. Enjoy it while you got it. And I'm, you know, and, yeah. and for me, I was <laughs> like, that's how the, that's how the whole TV show was. I was 32 or something. I was totally spoiled. And I'm like, ah, you're crazy. It's, this is how it is. <laughs> and, uh, right. and it was never like that again in my life, <laughs> no. just having that much wow. creative control. It's all said in a complimentary way. Like, I think they saw like, okay, this, whatever Steve is yeah. doing, however he's yeah. running things, he knows what he's doing. Of course we got notes, but it was, you know, it was as good as it's going to get, I think. Listen, the movie holds up. It is a classic. It's such a great, great film. And everything you just described comes yes. through in the movie. Just want to mention real quick, your work on Camp Laszlo, yes. Adventure Time, the Wonderful. first season. The DreamWorks movies that I mentioned, the Kung Fu Panda movies, all three of them, Penguins of Madagascar, wow. Captain Underpants, the SpongeBob comics that you did, Hotel Transylvania. We love this stuff. It's all so great, man. And we just want to say as fans, thank you so, so much for all the work that you've done and for being there in the beginning of SpongeBob. It's so special yeah. to us and so cool. So and thank, thank you for you sharing these moments with us and with our listeners who just are such avid fans of SpongeBob and have always been so curious about the way that everything started. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate, you know, you guys are very kind. You know, if I, Frank, I think I worked with your sister too on a on a music Which, video. Which on what? She did a music video. She did a song with Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Uh, yes oh my god sing wow. for sing yeah for uh, sing so i yeah. worked on the i worked on the music video i was i was like because there was a lot of animation in that, that so there's so there's a connection fun. oh Man. thank you for telling me that yes there is a connection besides <laughs> me just be loving everything you've ever done i i also loved that that was fantastic <laughs> he was on the stage playing piano and then she would walk out and just sit down with him and start singing and i remember thinking like i'm assuming this must blow her mind because he, yes. he's such a legendary guy and, you know and then she yeah she was fantastic yeah. I mean, she kept up with him but it was a yeah beautiful song and it's so great yeah i mean i was just kind of on the fringes of that stevie wonder just talking and his family yep. was at the thing and you know you could see too like you just talk about like these are just people right like they're they're yeah. they're people that uh, love music stevie yeah wonder. i mean even though they do great 
work and it's it, you know, i always connect that to to steve and the work that we all did was like they're people they got families they got problems the back hurts mm-hmm. whatever like they've got all the same problems we have and then they yeah. you know yeah. then they do some work that is amazing and it transcends somehow the potential is there for anybody to do an amazing something you know Wow, there you have it, everybody. Us talking to Mr. Derek Dryman. That was mind-blowing and incredibly inspirational and really, really fun. Huge thanks to Derek for spending time with us today. That was fantastic. It was amazing, and it was also just so nice to know that they were just people having a good time. And yeah. the fact, the way that he got to work on SpongeBob was so inspirational. Like, you know, just going out there and saying, you know what, I'll do it. I've got yep. this skill set. So <laughs> it's just, it was amazing to hear his attitude. And anything can be done by anyone as long as you put yourself out there. Beautiful message. Another great example, Frankie, of like, we're talking to somebody who was the exact perfect person to mm-hmm. be a part of this group of really special people that made this show and then wouldn't you know it the show ends up being really special yes you know and it all comes back to the people so so we're just so honored as fans to be able to like sort of speak on behalf of the fans right frankie and i get to geek out about uh, for, for everyone to these wonderful folks can't wait to see what Derek does next. Again, huge thanks to Derek. Thank you guys for listening. Let us know what your favorite part of the interview was. And we'll see you next time on SpongeBob Binge Pants. Bye. Bye-bye.